Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Jeffrey, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How are you? I'm great, Ryan. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to speak with you. Uh, let's kick off by you telling my audience you know, a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do for a living, some of your hobbies. So I'm a 37-year portrait photographer for very affluent families. That was kind of my mainstay for 25 years. Uh, and over the past 12 years, I've sort of been transitioning out of doing, doing as much photography. So I do a far less photography today so that I could make space for uh, becoming a coach, receiving coach training, coaching other small business owners. And that led me to, to writing books and speaking on stages to talk about the content of the book. So today I do very little photography and most of my day is spent coaching small business owners, particularly my narrow niche, if you will, is uh, self-employed business owners. That's who I love to speak with. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing today. I know it was different, different seasons of your life, but what, what was more fulfilling for you, the photography business or what you're doing now? Yeah, it's, it's such a great question because if you had asked me 13 years ago why I was on this planet, I would have said to be a portrait photographer because I gave it my all. But if you ask me today, I think I'm on this, you know, I really feel I'm on this earth to, to, support and be an advocate really for self-employed business owners. Uh, that's why I love to coach them. I could, I could speak to the business owner. I don't care if they, even if they're a one person business, I can speak to that business owner all day long. Like it's who I love to speak to. So in some ways, I feel as though that my 25 years of intense photography experience before even starting coaching was kind of a learning lab because I built a very unique photography business serving a very affluent clientele Whereas I came from lower middle class. So I learned things about marketing and business structure and business model that are so unique and applicable to all different businesses. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I think my years, my decades as a photographer were really a learning lab so that I could give back to the world uh, and help other people. The common denominator with all the people that I coach and support, the common denominators, they tend to be people that are really good at something. They're really good at what they do but they're in an industry or a field that doesn't have business education. And that is exactly who I, I aim to serve and, and I'm out to change in the world because we rule. You know, We self-employed people, we rule the world. We just aren't given uh, the easy breaks. We're not, giving the, we're not given an education. We don't have the huge staff and support. So that's, what I, that's the gap I'm trying to fill. Was the pressure intense with your photography business given who you were working with? It was in that they had a very high standard, but honestly, I have such high standards for what I produce that no one was ever really going to match my own high standard. It was full of more pleasant surprises than you could ever imagine because I grew up, as I said, lower middle class. I heard all the stereotypes about rich people, you know, that they have all the money in the world, but not really happy. The kids are raised by nannies. I heard all this nonsense, none of which turned out to be true. Hmm. What I found serving this clientele, this very high end clientele, what I found is that they were, they got, most of them got to where they were because of who they became. It was a personal journey past. Sure, some, some of the, you know, some, I won't even say silver spoon, some came from families where this was to be expected, but many of them were self made and they were so into personal development. I found them to be, you know, I'm talking about CEOs of major companies and, uh, you know, men and women that would break into tears watching me photograph their children. 
Hmm. And what I found is really genuine people. I also recognize that as a family photographer, people hired me that had a value for their just to be family centric. Right. They were they were the families that might have they might have been a family of four that had eight people working in the house for them, but they had all the staff so that they could go to their children's soccer games. It wasn't so that they could brush their kids off on somebody else. They 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 built a, a business around them that took care of their lives so that they could make their children the center of their attention. And that, of course, benefited me as a photographer because that's exactly who would hire a family photographer like me. And it sounds like you have so many neat experiences. Uh, it's gonna be if I can. It's gonna be hard to keep this to fifteen minutes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about your morning routine. I, I know you yeah. said you have a pretty detailed one, so I'd love to learn more about that. I'm a huge proponent of a morning routine. I'm a huge pro- a proponent of a discipline and routine overall. My whole day is pretty regimented, but gosh, the mornings is is just uh, fantastic. So I get up uh, somewhere around six, usually six six thirty in the morning. Not terribly early, but I'm not because I'm a night definitely a night person by nature. So I get up 6, 6.30. And first thing I do is make myself masala chai tea. Now, masala chai tea is boiled milk. Although these days I'm using uh, soy milk because I'm trying to be dairy-free for just health reasons. And uh, so I, use, I boil soy milk. I've got loose teas that make uh, black tea and cardamom and all these wonderful spices that I have put together for me. And so I have a Fantastic! That in itself is a so there's a complete morning ritual, and I've been doing this for about thirty years, making this morning ritual of this chai tea. I'd swear I tell my kids if I live to be a hundred, which is the plan, when I live to be a hundred, it's going to be because of that chai tea. Like there's a <laughs> spiritual and medicinal nature to this chai tea that is fantastic. So make my chai tea. I read every morning for an hour, in part because I love it, but also. Uh, in, also because of my uh, my own podcast. I read, I do two podcast interviews a week. Mostly of them are authors. I therefore read two business books a week. I'm an wow. avid reader. So I read for an hour, at least an hour every morning as I drink my chai tea out on the terrace because I believe in getting sunlight and vitamin D and, and uh, awakening that way. I then take my dog for about a 30-minute walk which is also my time to recite my affirmations. So it looks like I'm walking my dog, but to me, it's a walking meditation. I come back from that walk. I sit down on the mat. I do a 10-minute meditation, and I journal for about seven minutes. And um, on the days that I'm supposed to work out, that's the difference between when I, whether I get up at 6 or 6.30 is uh, three days a week, I work out for 30 minutes. So on those days, I get up at 6 a.m. So if that's the day, I do that workout, uh, shower, eat because uh, supposedly it's better to eat after you shower. There's something with the metabolism and warm water that you're better off eating after you shower. So as you can tell, it's really buttoned down and it might sound really rigid to some, but to me, it is a way to start my every day off knowing that that day is going to be more successful than the day before. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. Sometimes, I, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm afraid that the real intense and regimented routines scare off some of my audience. But with, with the thing, the thing is, when you get a routine down that you like and start your day off on the right foot, it's, it's fun. You look forward to it. So it's not work. It's actually something you wake up looking forward to. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, I'm a you know we don't we don't talk in the world much about evening routines, and I don't have a dramatic evening routine. But I will offer one thing that that plays into the morning routine is that to me, your day tomorrow begins tonight. 
right? Your next day begins the night before. So before I lay my head down on the pillow, I like to take a moment at the edge of the bed where I think about what I have going on the next day, where I just let it sink in. I'll glance, I'll lightly, I refer to as lightly glancing at my calendar. It's not as though I'm going to stress about it. It doesn't keep me awake. I'm not looking at it with intensity. I'm just glancing like, what do I have on the calendar tomorrow? So I can kind of just let it sink in. I know what's in front of me. There is science has proven that there is something to be said for sleeping on it. Like when you sleep, you are processing. So if I implant the idea of what I need to accomplish the next morning as I lay my head down on the pillow, I wake up the next morning ready to go. I feel like there's less of a break, even though I may have slept. I sleep exactly six hours a day and that's not my alarm. That's just my body literally wakes up at six hours no matter when I go to sleep. And I, I wear a Fitbit to monitor my sleeping. And uh, I'm up, you know, but I'm ready to go. Uh, largely, I believe it's because of the thoughts that were implanted in my mind the night before. I think that that to me is what really upgrades your morning. I definitely believe that too. I also find that when I meditate, not always, but if I'm if I'm dealing with something or what have you, the when I'm meditating, I guess because my mind's not stimulated, I'm just kind of there. I think of things like answers come to me. It doesn't always happen, but it's happened enough where it feels like it's a thing now. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Have you always been into personal growth? Like, or did this sort of evolve for you? <laughs> always. I, I was such a geek. I mean, I um, I used to save up my allowance as a kid and buy personal help, you know, personal growth and self help books by Wayne Dwyer and oh, all the greats yeah. and. I was a kid and I would save up my allowance and I'd go buy these things and I'd hide them in the house because my family would think I was weird. I didn't grow up in a family that was interested in personal growth. <laughs> um, so I had two older brothers and a father and it was a very, I grew up in a very normal, if you will, you know, masculine world that I just didn't seem to fit into. You know, I had very different interests. I was the art kid, and a much softer side of me. So I hid who I was. I hid that desire for personal growth. I just really believed. Honestly, I believed my personal growth, growth was going to be my way to get out of the, the hellhole, <laughs> you know, uh, of what I felt like was a very limited life and a life with people that didn't think like me and didn't seem to have, didn't aspire to be anything better than they were. And for me, personal growth and self-employment was going to be my way out of that. And I knew that from a very young age. So I started young. I even I was so shy, Ryan, as a kid. I actually one time read a book on how to self-hypnotize yourself out of shyness. That's how much I was into personal growth. So yeah, always, always get, have been. How did you get past that though? Because you seem like a really outgoing, passionate guy now. How did you, how'd you get to that um, point? You know... Life pulled a lot of tricks on me because I, I mean, I always say suffered from shyness. I'm talking about well into my early 20s, like paralyzing shyness. The world was a scary place to me, even uh, well into 20s. In fact, I chose to become a photographer because to me, it was the ultimate profession to be shy because back in the day, you had dark rooms. So a lot of your work was done in a dark room, but you didn't have to make eye contact with anybody. And when I was out in the world with my camera, there was this box between me and the world. So even though I could see through the lens, I felt like I, I couldn't be seen. So I chose photography because I happened to have the talent and it was an outlet in a way that I, I felt like completely hide in the world. The irony was that I was good at it. And in high school, I started getting national awards. And then I went off to photography school and I got handed all these scholarships. And then I was, I've, I wound up getting the, the award for the best portfolio in the entire uh, photography school. And then I was nominated by the student body to be the student speaker at graduation. 
So the very thing that I chose to retreat from the world, I wound up being good at and it put me center stage. So I just didn't have a choice, right? And I think what really made me step out of it was that what I wanted to gain for myself, the personal growth I desired, and the way I wanted to impact the world was greater than the fear. The fear has never gone away. I'm still nervous before I walk on a stage. The difference is how I want to change the world is bigger than the fear. So you do it. What do you think the... I'm interested to hear your answer on this because you just seem very full of life. In your opinion, what is the meaning of life? Gosh, I mean, it's a, it's a profound question. I'm not someone that follows a, a structured religion. I'm a pretty spiritual person. I'm not overly religious, but I, I, I can admit to this. At some point at a very young age, I want to guess around three years old. I knew my existence in the family in which I was born into was very different than how I felt. I knew that from a very young age. And I swear, I heard, I don't want to say a voice, but there was a message. I don't know where it came from. And like I said, I'm not a spiritual person or a religious person. And it wasn't a definable voice. But I just, I know I had, I was given this idea that it was my job to take this soul on a hell of a journey. That to me is the meaning of life. For me, the meaning of life is to take the soul that you're given on a hell of a journey because it may be the one time. It may be the one shot. Who knows? So every step I have made in my life, every de- every decision I've made in my business has been based on how I want to live. Because underneath it all, happiness to me is taking your soul, the time in which you're given with that, in charged with the responsibility of that soul, taking it on a hell of a journey and having a good time with it. Yeah, I love that answer. As uh, you know, with with COVID, spending more time with my family and uh, my wife had the idea of going on a road trip. And, uh, you know, we're going to do it again. And that was a heck of a journey too. And just like having those experiences and just making a deliberate attempt at having those experiences. I I just think that's a really great answer. Let's wrap up with one last question, Jeffrey. This, this flew, um, really enjoyed speaking with you, but I've got one, one, one question. I want to go back to business. I want to go to your coaching business. I want to talk about struggles that you see uh, one struggle that's common amongst your clients What's one struggle that, that you see often and then maybe you can talk you know, a minute on how to handle that struggle? Yeah. Without a doubt, the thing I hear from every one of my clients... Now, mind you, as I mentioned before, the common denominator is that I work with people that are really good at what they do, but the industry doesn't have business training. They almost... Every one of my clients, when they reach out to me initially, they say that they feel like they're all over the place or that they're a hot mess. One of the two. And I've realized that my inner being as a photographer is perfectly suited to solve that problem because I'm really good with pieces. That's what being a photographer means. I photographed entirely on location, by the way. So the variables were extreme. Weather, wind, sunlight, the various people I'm photographing, a lot of factors. It's all pieces. I tend to see the world in pieces, even pixels, you could say. But my brain is always composing it as a complete frame. And as a picture. And I think it's something that's a way in which my brain is so wired that when, when entrepreneurs and small business owners feel like they're all over the place and they say that to me, I'm like, don't worry about it. I got you. Like, come with all your pieces. Like, I don't like a blank slide. I don't photograph in a studio as a photographer because I don't like blank walls. I don't like blank people. I don't like it when people don't have something like, I work entirely with people who are already in business. Bring me your pieces. Bring me your chaos. 
I got you. I got your back. I can, I can compose it. I can create the brand message that will attract your ideal customers. I can create the emotional journey that your ideal customer needs to go through. I can help you establish the healthy, thriving ecosystem of your business. Just bring on your pieces. So that is fundamentally one of the most common problems. And it's understandable because as entrepreneurs starting your own business, it, nothing is centralized. We have to run all over the place to get everything we need. We have to hire coaches and buy online programs and go to conferences and hire gurus. And we have to run all over the place to get what we need because it's decentralized when you're self-employed. Of course, we're going to feel like we're all over the place. It's also one of the ways that I'm solving that problem because I couldn't, you know, as a coach one-to-one, I can only solve that problem for so many people. So I'm just launching the Self-Employed Business Institute, which is a five-month it's going to be the first legitimate education for self-employed business owners. And uh, I'm so excited about it. That is, that is my, this is probably my deepest passion that I couldn't be more excited about because I want to solve that problem so that self-employed and small business owners have a place to go to get the business education that they need in the real world to get real results. What's the link for that? It's selfemployedbusinessinstitute.com. And our first cohort begins September 8th. So we're like right on it. Like we're in the middle of launch. We're, we're, this first cohort is limited to 20 people. We're a little more than half full just to get this first one under the belt. But then next year, it's going to be an unlimited cohort size. size. And I will have a fleet of coaches that I will train in my modalities because it's a blend of, of group training and one-to-one coaching. So what makes it limited now is I'm doing all the one-to-one coaching. But once I'm able to train other coaches... I then can go scalable because the goal here is that there's you know millions and millions of self-employed business owners that don't have proper education available to them and we need to change that. Sounds like a great mission and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of impact. Yeah. Sounds very awesome. That's the goal. Well, this was great, Jeffrey. Time flew by. Appreciate all the, uh, all the time, you, uh, all the advice you gave and, and the feedback. Any other websites you want to share? No, by all means, check out the Institute. Um, otherwise, in that, this links with it anyway. My main website is jeffreyshaw.com. Uh, you can find everything you need there. I write articles. I'm a contributing writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. You'll find me there. I've got my podcast, The Self-Employed Life, on every podcast platform that's out there. But honestly, everything can be found one way or another at uh, jeffreyshaw.com. Perfect. Thanks, Jeffrey. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.